Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. So I have a prophetic word, I believe is a prophetic word for you, because it has been for me, and it stirred me so deeply that this is what I felt to share with you this morning. Now, I don't have a lot of time, as you know, because we've got, we thankfully have another service today. Increase, Lord, let it be. But I've got something to tell you that I feel like is important for where you are and for where you're going, all right? This started as a word for me personally that I knew that the Lord was giving me to share um, just recently. In fact, it was last year. What is this? We're still in March, aren't we? So it was last year. So I'd, I was—I just got out of bed. I was—I'd literally probably taken two steps from the bed. Whenever I heard this, it was a voice so clear. Have you ever heard a voice so clear that it's, of course, it's in your, your mind. You hear it as a voice in your mind, but it's clear enough that I felt like it was coming through my left ear. I know that's weird, but that's what happened. And I hear this word and this voice says to me with a sense of seriousness, what I've told you to do, do it now. I literally stopped and stood there for a few seconds because it shook me. And to be really honest with you, the first thing I thought was, am I about to die or something? You know, it was like, what does he mean? So I got dressed. I went down to the ramp. We have prayer every morning from uh, or five days a week from eight to nine there with the students and the kids. So when I walked in the door of the ramp, um, Pam and her husband and, and another couple was standing right there in the door. I walked, I, I walked in, I was still shaken by this because of how real it was for me. I told them exactly what I just told you. I just heard this voice say this to me. Now, I didn't tell anybody else, and, but I was pondering, besides my husband, of course, but I was just pondering this in my spirit for a couple of days. A couple of days later, I received a text now, this text, the man that sent me this text is a pastor of a Southern Baptist church. Uh, he's very prophetic. He's very anointed. I never hear from this man, hardly ever. Maybe once every couple of years, maybe. Uh, but when I do, it's, it's funny because he's always, he's always got, a, he's got a word from the Lord for me. If I'm going to hear from him, I'm going to know he's heard from the Lord. And he's always right to the point, no small talk, Pastor Richard. But uh, so a couple of days after this encounter, ding, my phone goes off here, get a text. And I look down and I see Pastor Richard's name and I think, ooh. So I tap it and Pastor Richard just says, saw your face this morning in prayer. Heard the Lord said to tell you, what I've told you to do, do it now. And then he said, time is of the essence. Now that's all I needed to hear. I mean, that, that's, it's it, it's, it's the verily, verily, it's a word that I know that the Lord was saying without any question or a doubt. I already didn't doubt it because I knew what I heard, but now confirmed twice, I knew what the Lord was telling me. But I do not believe it was just a word for Karen. Now I have taken it serious enough that it is now the theme of, for my leadership staff. I met with them before I came here. I said, this is the theme for what we are doing this whole year in the ministry. This is the priority of this word is going to set the course and the trajectory of where we're going for this year. I don't believe it's just my word though. I believe it is your word. 
When I see that church sitting on that hill, that's what I was hearing for this morning I was supposed to share with you. Well, I believe this word from the Lord is for this church right here, individually for you and corporately for this body. You know, the truth is, I don't know individually or corporately how much time we have left, but I do know this, we don't have time to waste. And I'm going to say it to you directly. I don't know how much time you have individually or how much time you have corporately as a body, but I know you don't have time to waste. And the Lord said to tell you these three things that I believe are significant for you. In light of that word, and I want you to hear it clearly with time is of the essence. Hear it from heaven. There's a clock ticking. You hear this? Time is of the essence, and you don't have time to be distracted. You don't have time to be distracted. I know this is a sort of a sobering word to have just met you with as a church body this morning, but this is what I got. You don't have time to be distracted by things that don't matter. You don't have time to be distracted by things that are not eternal. I believe the Lord is calling you right now corporately to think eternity, eternity, eternity. What does that look like? Souls, 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 souls out of Wasilla, souls out of Alaska, souls out of your university and your school, souls for your family. Come on, thinking that way every day when you wake up, you are thinking eternity. What can I do today that will matter in eternity? You don't have time to be distracted by things that are temporal and things that do not matter in light of eternity. Come on, can you hear that today? In light of where you're going and in light of what God wants to do in this church, you don't have time to be distracted, but you don't have time to be offended. You just don't have time. I don't know how else to say it. You don't have time to be. And I've been in the ministry long enough. I'm sure Pastor and Pastor Karen have been too. To know that offense, I know that just sounds like it's sort of a trivial or, or you know, a common. But I've found it to be one of the most common tools that the enemy has used in the body of Christ. And, it, and it's very common because it seems to work so well. Because offense will immobilize, it will paralyze your effectiveness. It will delay your purpose and it will open you up to deception and you don't have time to be offended. But where this church is going and the assignment on this church, come on, everybody's got to be focused on what God is telling you to do. You don't have time to be distracted by little things that God's gonna, that the enemy is going to use to try to get you and to divert your attention and you don't have time to be offended by things that really don't matter in a lot of eternity. And don't think the enemy won't try it from right here within this body. Just stupid stuff too. And he'll just set you right up because if he can get it to work, he can delay what God is wanting to do through this body. You don't have time to be offended. You know what I've just decided for me? I've just decided in light of that word for my own life. I just thought the other day, you know what? I'm just realizing I'm just gonna have to live every day of my life of forgiving people. 
every day. I just thought the other day, you know what? I'm just realizing the older I get, it's just something that every day I've got an opportunity to be offended. So every single day, I'm just gonna have to live my life forgiving people. Every day, just forgiving them, forgiving them. Forgiving them no matter what, every day, every day, every day. Before you can even offend me, I've already forgiven you. So you can't even offend me because I've already forgiven you before you can offend me. Come on, it just sets me free. I just made up my mind. I am not going to be offended. You can't offend me. I've already made up my mind forgiven before the offense. It just helps me. Maybe it's your daughter-in-law. Maybe it's your mother-in-law. You know what? You're just going to choose right now. Forgiven already before you do it. Already forgiven. And the truth is, let me just throw this in here. You know what? I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I am. Don't you let the enemy steal from you what God wants to give you in your relationship with your in-law. You don't have to let the world dictate your relationship. And this ain't what I'm preaching on this morning, but I feel to say it. Don't let the world tell you you can't have a good relationship with your daughter-in-law or your son-in-law. That's a lie from hell or from your mother-in-law. That's the enemy's trying to steal from you what God wants to give you. One time somebody told me, they said, well, you know what? That's just the way it is for mother-in-laws. It's just the way it's going to be. That's a lie because the president said in the word of God about daughter-in-laws and and mother-in-laws, you know who it is? It's Ruth and Nathan. Naomi. Mm-hmm. That's the precedent. That's the example. And that little covenant they made, that little ain't no little. It's not just for weddings. Whether thou goest, I will go. Whether thou lodgest, I will lodge. Your people be my people. Your God, my God. That's a mother-in-law, daughter, daughter-in-law making that covenant with each other. And don't you settle for less than that. Mothers and grandmothers, you start decreeing. That's the kind of relationship I'm going to have with my in-laws. A Ruth 116 relationship. Hallelujah. Not going to be offended. Just not going to be offended. Come on, just say it out loud. Say, I'm not going to be offended. Say it again. It scares hell to death to hear you say that. Come on, just put on an armor that says, I'm offended less. Impossible. (laughs) Can't be offended. You know something else that helps me with this? For me personally, by myself, this is one of the ways I have dealt with it. Let me just say this. Let me tell you why. Let me, I got to say this too. I'll tell you why I've got to forgive people every day, every day, every day. It's because I need to be forgiven every day, every day, every day. You know how I can forgive everybody else every day, every day? Because every day, every day, I got to go to God and say, God, you got to forgive me too every day. And he said in his word, I've got to forgive other people the way he forgives me. So I've got to forgive as I am forgiven. Thank you, Lord. And I need it every day. I just needed to throw that in there. Something else I do is when I, when I have the opportunity for offense, Something else I do is I just imagine myself lying on my deathbed. And I'm just lying there and I'm breathing my last breaths. I'm just, I'm about to cross over and my kids are there all around the bed. I see them and there's my grandkids and everybody's crying and everything, I hope. And they're all there. They're all there. And as I am lying there, just breathing those last few breaths, I can assure you, I am not going to be laying there going, 
I can't believe she said that about me. Come on. I can't believe he did that to me. I can't believe he did it. Come on. Come on, what are you holding on to? Is it going to matter then? No. So you need to let it go now. Come on, I got, you got to hear that. Honey, if it's not going to matter then, you got to let it go now. If it's not going to matter then, you got to let it go now. Can you hear me in the spirit realm right now? Let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. Let it go, let it go. It's hindering you. It's keeping you from what God has sent you to the earth to perform and it's robbed you long enough. Let it go. You don't have time to be distracted. You don't have time to be offended. And the last thing I got to tell you is you don't have time to be normal. I said, King's Cathedral, you don't have time to be normal, individually or corporately. Not just saved and satisfied, just saved and satisfied. Just come to church, go wait till Jesus comes. Now, I do believe Jesus is coming, and I'm looking for it. I pray it's today, and I do believe that. But until he comes, I'm going to live every day, every day I've got left on this planet, burning for God, fulfilling his purpose, occupying till he comes. Come on. Every day, every day, every day I've got left. I need to live for eternity. I need to think for eternity, accomplishing his will. I don't have time to be normal. One of the greatest battles you will ever fight in your life is the battle with normal. And with the people content to live that way. I mean, even Christian people. Well, mostly Christian people. Mostly Christian people. Even family people. Family members that, you know, just... Think you're a little weird. For one thing, because you go to this church, that's already puts you in a, the weird category because you go to this church. You're already there, so just get comfortable there, all right? One thing you got to learn to do is just get comfortable and okay and accept the fact that I'm okay with people thinking I'm weird. I'm all right with that. I feel it all the time myself. I, the Ham, Hamilton, Alabama, that's my hometown where the ramp is. I feel it every time I go to Walmart, every time. I can feel what they think. You know, when they walk, when you walk down the aisle and I'm getting my groceries and they pass me and half speak or don't. And I know what they're thinking. There's that weird lady. Or you're checking out, even with the little clerks that check you out. Sometimes you speak, they don't hardly answer. And you just, just got to, you know what? I'm going to be okay with that. I have to be okay with the fact. I have to be okay with the fact that Christian people think we're a little excessive and weird. Family members think this is so unnecessary because they just, you know, you can love God and be normal and you're not. Come on, look at somebody and tell them you ain't normal. You ain't normal. You ain't normal. You ain't normal. Come on. Some husbands are looking at their wives right now telling them gladly, you ain't normal. They love to think, and you've got to be okay with being told, you know, this is not necessary 
to do like you do, to even worship like you worship. She's a little extreme. It's a little overboard. It's a little excessive. It's a little radical. Tell that to Bartimaeus. Normal did tell him that. Normal told Bartimaeus, you don't have to do that, Bartimaeus. You need to quieten down and be normal. Come on, Bartimaeus. But you know what? Bartimaeus wasn't normal. Normal told him to be quiet, but his passion made him cry out. Come on, he wasn't normal, but he got his miracle. Come on, he wasn't normal, but he got his miracle. You tell that, you tell that to the little woman in Luke 18. Tell her she wasn't normal, appearing before the judge every single day, day and night, day and night. Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. Come on, it wasn't normal, but she got what she was after. She got justice in the dispute with her enemy. Come on, she wasn't normal. She wasn't normal, but she got her miracle. Oh, can you hear me today? Tell it to the little Gentile woman in Matthew 15, I believe it is. Tell it to the little Gentile woman. Oh, she wasn't normal. No, no, no. Her daughter was, was vexed with a tormenting demonic spirit. You get a mother with the devil messing with her daughter, she'll lose her mind. She'll do whatever it takes for the sake of a daughter. And this woman was desperate for help. She goes to Jesus, but she wasn't normal. She goes to Jesus. She wasn't even supposed to be there. She's a Gentile woman. Bows before his feet, telling him, help me with my daughter. Help me with my daughter. And the Bible says it. I don't have time to read it. You can go look it up for yourself. The Bible says, and Jesus just ignored her. Now that's already clue number one. You probably need to exit. But she ain't normal because she's desperate, because it's her daughter. And then the disciples, the disciples say, Lord, please tell her to go. She is, that's what they said. She's getting on our nerves with her constant begging. You talk about a woman with a reason to be offended. Come on, because offense is normal. It would have been normal for her to be so offended. Did you hear his staff? Did you hear what the staff of his ministry said to me? Did you hear what his said, I offended them. She'd be gone without her miracle. And then she keeps begging. No, Lord. She just ignored the opportunity she had for offense. Lord, Jesus, please, Lord, help me with my daughter. And he says, um, it's not right for me to, uh, to give the bread to the dogs. Now, normal says, did you hear what that pastor said? Did you hear what that minister, did you hear what he said to me? No. So desperate, because people that are really passionately desperate for God, they can't be offended. She had already made up her mind, I can't be offended. So she just looked at him and said, but Lord, even the little dogs can eat the crumbs from your table. If you'll just give me a crumb, I don't even need the whole loaf. Just one crumb, God, could deliver my daughter. If you'll just give me the crumb, God, before I leave, can I have a crumb? And the Bible said she worshiped him and she left with a miracle. She wasn't normal, but she got her miracle. Oh, Honey, normal may get you to heaven, but normal will not get you into the life of the supernatural. Come on. Normal might get you to heaven, but it won't get you your miracle. Come on. Do you believe it? Menoshalonomana. 
Besides that, John 15, 20 says this, the servant is not greater than his master. And when I look at our master, I don't see normal. When I look at Jesus, when I look at his prayer life, I don't see normal. I see all night prayers. I see a man devoted to whatever it took to hear from his father. When I look at his, when I look at his sacrifice, I don't see normal. When I look at his cross, I don't see normal. I see a life fully laid down. In fact, I love this. I was reading the other day out of John 4. It's such a beautiful passage, and I'm about to close right here. But listen, John 4 is so beautiful. It's, in fact, I don't even have time to read it. John 4, it was where the woman at the well, Jesus has just ministered to the woman at the well. And I love this because the woman is running back to Samaria to tell the city that she's found this man. Told her everything she ever did. The disciples, right before he talked to her, had gone to town to get some food for Jesus. And so the disciples are coming back up. And so they're, they're happily saying, Lord, we got you some food to eat. And Jesus' statement, he said to them, I have food you don't know about. And when the disciples are like, somebody bring him some food? And so... Jesus says this statement that's so powerful. He says this, my nourishment, my life, watch, is to do the will of my father and to finish his work. Hear that today. Because in it for you individually and for all of us, yes, honey, you can begin to play. Thank you. I was going to make sure he was there. For all of us is the key to this word. Watch, please. Our master, the one we're supposed to be like, he said, my life, my life. I draw my nourishment. I draw my nourishment, not from natural things, disciples. I draw my nourishment. My life comes from just doing the will of my father. Watch, please. And finishing his work. He knew his assignment so well, he wasted no time. Jesus was never distracted by things that did not matter. He refused to be offended, even though he could have been. And he was anything but normal. That's the one we're following. Get up on your feet this morning. Oh, I want to be able to say that with my life. I want to be able to say with my life, Lord, come on. And you know what, y'all? You know what? When he said that, it just reminded me. He says, my life is to do his will and finish his work. Oh, please watch this. Please watch this. And then in John 17, he's about to go to the cross and he's praying that beautiful prayer. And I love John 17. And in the opening of his prayer, he looks at his father And he just says, Father, I finished the work you gave me to do. And then on the cross with his arms stretched out, it's his last three words on this earth before he passed, before resurrection. His last words on the cross, it is finished. I believe he said it, not because his father didn't know it, 
I believe it was for even all of this earthly realm and hell itself to know I finished what I was sent to do. My dear brothers and my dear sisters, we've got to know that when we get to the last breath we take, we can say like our master, I finished the work you've sent me to do. And you know something? You can't stand there today and say, it's too late for me. I've missed too many opportunities. You can't say that. If you're breathing, you're breathing because you still have opportunity. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.